Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? It is Saturday, May 8th. This is our weekly live Q&A. Uh, this is a show I like to do every week, kind of me, it kind of starts the weekend. Uh, the weekend is a, uh, a time for me to do a little bit less, uh, less content. Uh, but we do have the wonderful Laura uh, Morby uh, on tomorrow for our 8 a.m. Uh, expert series. So it'll be fun to hear from Laura. Uh, tomorrow's Mother's Day as well. So uh, don't forget that. Uh, it's an important day. I have a lot of questions here. But as always, this show is for you. Uh, so do me a favor, leave your comments uh, here, and I will get back to them. As always, I have a list. What do we got today? One, two, three, four, five, seven questions that I've collected through the week. Uh, I will start with those. But again, this is for you. So uh, welcome, Dion and Nathan. Good morning. Good morning. Howdy. All of that good stuff. So we will get started. We will see who joins and what kind of questions we get this week. Uh, I will go up till 9 a.m. Uh, if we get done early, we get done early. Otherwise, we'll go right up to 9 a.m. when I go to talk to my students. First question uh, I got in different flavors is, hey, <clears throat> you now are talking to two lenders on your channel, right? We got Matt, the mortgage guy on Wednesdays, and we got Steve on Fridays. What gives? What, are you trying to confuse us? What's going on? Well, they're very different. So let's talk about them. First and foremost, Matt, the mortgage guy has been wonderful. He's been a great addition to the, to the series. I think we've been talking for four or maybe five months. He has his own playlist on this channel. He, he is in the know, right? But again, where he plays is, it's an important part. It's probably the largest part of real estate. And that is the single family home you know, residential loans, house hacking, first, uh, first property, you know, first rental, all of that stuff. Uh, so if you can get, you know, if you have good credit, you have a down payment, you live in California, uh, Matt, the mortgage guy is the place to go. You're not going to beat his rates. You're, you're not, uh, you're not going to beat his service. Uh, however, real estate, certainly one rental at a time is now used around the world. And it's used around the country. And Matt, the mortgage guy, is again residential homeownership refis California. Real estate investing is much bigger than that. And you know, if you've read our book, One Rental at a Time, you know that there's a there's something between bank loans and hard money. And that's really come about since the Great Recession. And it's now goes by the moniker NQM, non-qualified mortgages. So I've been looking for a provider in this space because so many of you are not in California. So many of you are doing house hacks or burrs or even buying apartment buildings. So I have been on the lookout for someone to fill that gap. And right now, Steve is in week two, right? We're, we're testing him out. Uh, we're testing out Velocity Mortgage. I've looked at them. They're publicly traded. Uh, they seem to be doing all the right things. Uh, early feedback from about 30 of you that have already tried him. Uh, you've, you've said he's fast and responsive. That's all I can ask for. I can't promise yes answers. 
you know, for example, I know a couple of folks reached out for uh, owner occupant type loans, and I don't believe they play there, for example. Uh, so that's why the lenders are very different, right? One of them kind of fits an investor need, and one of them more is home owner occupant. Uh, but I think they both bring extreme value. They both bring the ability to talk about deals. And that's where we're going to go with Steve next, right? Next week for Steve, we got to talk about his last two programs. But then where I see, <clears throat> excuse me, Steve's conversations going is we're going to talk about investor deals. Because I think it's 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 important to see what people are doing out there. So after we kind of, you know, lay the foundation with Steve, we're going to really start talking about deals. So that's where I hope hope the conversation goes. So um, that's that's why two lenders, they're very different. Um, so far, they both provided great service. And if they don't, tell me, uh, because if they're rotten people or rotten businesses, I won't deal with them. I'm bringing them to you because I, I hear that's a need for you. So uh, that's why I do it. Uh, a couple of you have reached out about my choices spreadsheet. Uh, first and foremost, we have gone through the choices video. Let me see if I remember. Uh, we had um, Anna Kelly go through it. We had Matt, the mortgage guy, go through it. We had Omar go through it. And we had the lumberjack landlord. And of course, I went through it. Uh, it's an important spreadsheet. It's really simple. It is the basis or the first exercise in my get your money right course. And I really created it because I was inspired by uh, that reaction video I did. I just, it ate at me all weekend after seeing it. And it really relates to the story, you know, Olivia and I's story, but I didn't know it, right? I've told you many times that I was foolish until I was 30 and started real estate. We were living right on the, you know, lifestyle creep and raise your spending to match your income. It was silly. But what the spreadsheet allows you to do is go through 10 important metrics. And I would tell you, if you're in a relationship, do it together, right? With the choices spreadsheet, you talk, you, you first baseline where you are. And I actually might go through it again and try to rewind the clock and remember where we were when I was 30, just to give you a painful view of where we were. I'm, I'm going to try to do that, I think. And then what happens is you just start having discussions, right? If you really are after this real estate investing and you realize that part of the things you have to do is lower your expenses or increase top line, you really have two things to do. Um, what can you sacrifice, right? So, hey, could you live in a cheaper part of town? Could you live in a cheaper state? Shoot, can you live in a cheaper country? Because one of the things I saw in that inspiration video was the the, the couple talked, right? They, they, they talked for two years. And, um, you know, they made some choices together and sacrifice and all of that. And I, I couldn't believe it, right? They were 38 years old and retired on 500 grand. I mean, that just shook me. How many people have said you need a million dollars or 2 million or 10 million? They did it on 500 grand and, and have done it for 30 years. So it's possible. So it is about choices. And then, um, Really, as Matt, the mortgage guy, highlighted when we did his choices section, the other side of sacrifices, you know, hey, what happens if you want to go Mac Daddy, right? You want to do all great things. And the best example I have is my own story, right? For me, my ideal or dream or vision or, you know, ultra would be to have multiple houses around the world, probably condos, in fairness, not really houses, condos, um, so that we can just chase the sun together. And that would be more expensive than what we're doing now. So again, dream, right? There's 
you know, if you want to sacrifice, but also dream together, what would you ideally like? What would be the, what would be the biggest, baddest thing you could think about doing? Uh, and again, do it together. So I think the choices, uh, videos are awesome. We have five of them on this channel. Uh, the spreadsheet is really easy to copy. If you wanted to freeze the video and copy the spreadsheet, go nuts. If you want my version, uh, you got to buy the $99 course step one of get your money right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's choices. I think that choices discussion is, is important. So that's important. I got a couple of questions yesterday based on this bundle I put together. What do I buy? What do I do? Um, I was kind of nervous about that. I now provide several things. I'm most known for uh, how to get your how to get started one rental at a time. It's a $200 course, $199. Uh, if you're on this channel, you're likely interested in real estate investing, buy and hold. Uh, that's where that's thousands of people have bought that uh, over over 2,000 now. That's that's what I'm best known for. That's what gets highly recommended. That's what all the student reviews are about. Most of you should just get that. Uh, however, if you're really getting started and you're younger and, and you want to understand, get your money right and budgets and time, not price and choices and all of these things, uh, there is a $99 course. There's hundreds of people are in um, called Get Your Money Right, The Game of Money. And then lastly, I do have an option that includes mentoring, right? Uh, I didn't want to do a mentoring, uh, but I kept getting asked. So I created an option that includes a one 30-minute mentoring session. So as I said yesterday, I treat each of these individually, and it's probably a mistake. I think they do work better together for some people. Like, But if you're already budgeting, you already got it down, you don't need that piece. Uh, but I did create a May special. Like, If you do all of these, instead of spending $600, you can spend $500. Uh, I just want to see if it makes sense as a bundle. Uh, but in reality, most of you don't need it. I'm okay with with not using my mentoring. I'm trying to create stuff every day. Uh, so you don't need it, but some of you want 30 minutes of my time. And if that's what you choose, you have an option now. So, uh, that's, what's out there. I'm still getting questions about, are we set up for a crash, right? Everybody's still pointing at 2006, seven, eight, nine. People are saying it's the same thing. It's really not. Lending is wildly different. Uh, we do have some early signs that make me nervous, that got my attention, right? That's why I brought out that adjustable rate mortgage video just this week. I was like, okay, well, we're, we're, let's see who, how many people do this, right? Just because they have them doesn't mean you buy them and don't you dare get an adjustable rate mortgage, in my opinion. You don't want that interest rate risk. Uh, affordability could become a problem, but I think it'll be less of a problem. Um, given that horrible jobs number yesterday, Friday, right? Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Uh, I thought there'd be a chance that rates go up sooner. I think that's a next year problem now. Uh, affordability is a problem in lots of markets, but not everywhere. Uh, and affordability is a big deal for me. That's what, that's what we talk about in the book. It's what protects me. It's what I watch. So no, I don't think we're set up for a crash. Um, I think it's like a balloon that you're blowing up where last time the balloon literally did pop. Uh, I think this time it's just going to get unaffordable. I think that's what's going to happen. And I think what ultimately will happen is the places where it gets unaffordable, the first time owner occupant won't be able to buy, but Wall Street or insurance companies will buy. And I'm going to tie that into the next question 
build for rent is real. I got a couple of questions on that. I do think build for rent is real. Uh, I think build for rent now makes up a single, maybe two points of new homes. I think it could easily get to five, eight, God, even 10%. That would be, that would be a problem because if you take 10% of new construction out and it just becomes rental communities, man, you think houses are expensive now. Whew. Wait. I think again, uh, more and more folks are coming after the single family home space. I think there's lots of reasons for it. I think people want space. Uh, I think it's going to get un more unaffordable. Um, I think there's years of growth ahead in many parts of the country. Yeah. I don't think we're set up for a crash, but I am watching that lending, right? Adjustable rate mortgages, uh, stated income loans. Another thing I heard about in Florida, I haven't vetted this yet. I just heard it once and I usually like to see it two or three times before I talk about it, but I just saw it this morning. People are starting to option contracts again. That was something I saw in California last time that was just like, are you freaking kidding me? You sign a contract to buy a house, then you raise the price 50 grand, somebody buys it and then somebody buys it. That's not healthy. That's not the sign of a healthy market. So uh, I don't see a crash setup. I think most likely we see years of appreciation, meaning one or two more, and then it's flat. And flat meaning plus or minus two or three percent. People talking crashes like there's a twenty or or like Ken McElroy said forty percent. That's not coming. There's no way. There's there's just no, it's not mathematically possible. Uh, so two more things. And then again, remember folks, I'm here for you. So if you have questions, you can leave them here. I do see some coming up, which I will just go to the top and scroll down. Actually, there's not a lot of questions. If you don't ask questions, today's going to be short. So remember, ask questions. I got two more things. Uh, yesterday in my weekly discussion with Ty, um, I think it went out at 10 AM yesterday, right at the end. If you stayed to the end, you heard me talk about a live event. Uh, one of the things that I envision doing going forward is starting to travel more. And what I will likely do is I will marry travel to interesting places with a one day live event and it'll be small groups. So for example, with Ty yesterday, I talked about doing something in Southern California on some big old house on the top of a hill overlooking the water. Uh, the whole deal, again, open book is Olivia and I would stay there probably a week. It's ridiculously expensive. Uh, then we would do a one day event on Saturday, for example, where like 10 or 15 people would come. It would be pretty small because I have to do it based on the, uh, how many people the house will hold or allow, I guess, allow. And that would allow me to recoup a little bit of the cost, but also allow me to make some of that a business write off. So I'm, not hiding anything. That's that's what I'm thinking about doing. Uh, so yeah, there was that proposal. I am thinking about doing that. I'm just checking to see who would be interested. It would be charged. I think the first one will be 500 bucks for the day. I'm thinking like eight to six or eight to five or something. Don't have an agenda yet. Agenda yet. Don't have an outline, but I am thinking about doing it. And the first one will likely be in California just to give it a test. But ideally I see doing this around the, around the country and maybe even internationally. It'd be nice to, to meet more of you. It'd be nice to have some of my fun life written off as a business expense. So yes, I'm thinking about doing very small, intimate live events. That is true. And then the last question I have, and again, remember, we will go to your questions next, is home equity lines. 
a lot of people are asking, should I take home equity lines out of my, uh, my primary home? I can get it. It's cheap money. I don't have any money anywhere else. Should I use it? I do answer this question a lot, but I get asked it a lot. So we will keep answering it until I don't get asked. And my general feeling is I'm probably not like a lot of real estate investors. I don't like, I don't gravitate to maximum leverage. Uh, certainly maximum leverage has worked the last six or seven years. Uh, I believe your home, your home where you, you live and you raise your family and kids is, is something you've got to protect. And sometimes piling on debt on debt is not a great idea. However, if you have a plan to pay it off in 12, I like 12, but I'll go out to 24 months, go for it. So for example, if you're going to do a Burr project, have some stock options or RSUs or bonuses or commission checks coming, but you found a great deal, great, do the deal, but, but pay it off. Uh, I do not like Oh, I, you know, I maximized my home equity and I bought four properties and, you know, now I have no equity in my house and the market goes down and, ah, uh, no, I don't like that. So I kind of, yeah, that's, that's what I feel. I, I just think, you know, you're getting into this for better financial freedom and sometimes adding debt to debt is not a great idea. Okay. That's what I got. Now we are going to go back to the top and see what everybody's talking about today. Hey, Dion. Howdy. Did I do that right, Dion? Howdy. Uh, morning, Nathan. How are you? Hey, Dan. Okay, John. Do you think landlords will be able to ask screening questions around the lines? Never applied for COVID rent relief the same way you can ask no evictions? I don't know. Um, I don't know of any rules around that today, but I think this all changes in the next year or so. Um, and again, I don't necessarily see that as a good thing. I have some people that never applied for COVID relief that I would never rent to again because they didn't. So I don't know. I think they can. I think you'll be able to. Again, not an attorney. Rules could Um. Yeah, I don't know. This, we got to just get this behind us. Um. Most tenants, though, I mean, I, I've said it all along. Um, most tenants are great people. They're just some some bad actors that ruin it for everyone. But I want to say there's also some horrible landlords. Let's realize that landlords have a bad reputation for a reason because some, some landlords are slumlords and uh, they deserve uh, a special place in hell. So, you know, I know it's easy to pick on tenants being rotten, and I've talked about a couple that I have. But let's realize 98, 99% of tenants are just awesome, hardworking individuals that just want a safe place to, to live. Um, so I don't know, John. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just don't know. But I see your point. Nathan, uh, despite Fannie Mae regulation changing for weeks ago, limited seven cents, I still see a lot of investors able to get three and a quarter. What are you seeing, hearing? It's really based on the lenders. And that's kind of what Matt, the mortgage guy, was pointing out is, uh, some of the biggest investors are going to have investor loans. We're going to have to pull back, but others will be able to push forward. Um, we did see a short-term spike, uh, but I think interest rates have settled down in general. I think we did have a uh, a big uh, a larger spike. Uh, I think the spread today is about 0.5 or 0.6, meaning owner oc versus investor. It did get as wide as 
uh, almost a full point. I think the largest Matt told me about was 0.8 basis points. So yeah, you can still get 3%. If you're early and you have good credit and 25% down, you can get something with a three, um, which is just amazing. Go get your 30-year money. Go get your first four. Everything we talk about here at one rental at a time. Hey, Daniel, good morning. Evolve, do you charge a pet deposit or a monthly pet re uh, rental fee or something different? Uh, pet deposit. I have pet, uh, I think... So uh, I think it's maximum two cats for houses, one cat for apartments, dogs under 12 pounds. It might be 10 pounds or 12 pounds, so small dogs. Uh, we obviously have uh, breeds that we do not allow. And yes, I charge a pet deposit, not a monthly fee, pet deposit. Nathan, is it a good idea to pay off your mortgage on your rental? Uh, Nathan, that's for me, that's a great question, but it depends on where you are in your investing career. Uh, in my book, One Rental at a Time, I talk about, I think it's different phases. Maybe I call them stages. If you're in stage one, uh, it's an absolute mistake to pay off your mortgages because you're still trying to build a foundation. But if you're really close to retirement and you've got what you've got and you're happy, uh, I, I personally have a couple that are paid off and feel great about it. I call it my, um, my O blank pile, just in case something crazy happens. Uh, you know, I have a set of houses that, uh, no bank could take away. Uh, so I think it's where you are in your life and how you feel about debt. I am certainly anti maximum leverage. Uh, but I also think Dave Ramsey's advice on rentals is some of the worst advice I've ever heard, right? Buy one struggle to pay it off for 12 years and buy another one that's that does not end well you you end you in life with one or two uh so hopefully that makes sense nathan oh daniel what do you think about the eviction moratorium extending again past june 30th current time frame appears the judges are shutting starting to side with landlords and courts but government continues to move forward i i think the cdc uh relents I don't think they extend it again. I think they know they're on the losing side. Uh, I still I still hope there's a class action lawsuit. I hope somebody takes them to task and this never happens again. The fact that somebody was able to take our U.S. Constitution and oh, just annoys me. Either it's, a, either it's an important doc or it's not. And uh, what they did to the Constitution is um, unacceptable. So yeah, I don't see the CDC extending. That said, let's not forget that there are states, like I live in one, good old Gavin Newsom that needs to be recalled, uh, that have their own requirements. I think there are some states, and they're usually blue, that will uh, extend. I think ours is till September right now, but I'm not positive. But no, I don't think CDC. I think the CDC uh, sees the writing on the wall. Uh, Nathan, uh, right now, again, this is as nothing is written down, uh, 10 to 15 people. I'm thinking about $500 for the day, but again, it's all, I'm just, I'm trying to play with how do I help? How do I have fun? And how do I make it a tax write-off? I'm trying to play that game. Yeah, it's, it's a fun riddle to try to solve. Hi, Dan. If I move into a rental property, are you allowed to count it as 
primary and pay no cap gains. Uh, so I think what you're asking, Dan, you have a rental property today. You want to move in it, turn that into an owner occupied. I think that's what you're telling me. And then you want to pay no cap gains. Uh, you'll have to watch the tax code to change. But as I understand the rule today, you have to live there for two years. You actually have to live there two of the last five years. Uh, and then if you do live there two years, yes, uh, I think a single, it's 250K as of today. And a couple or married couple is 500. But no, you can't say, hey, that's a rental house. I'll go move into it on Monday. I'll sell it on Friday. No capital gains. That's not how it works. Two years is my understanding. Wall Street Beef, nice. Good morning, how are you? Sean, thoughts on an 18-year real estate cycle setting up for a peak of 2024? Um, so first and foremost, real estate absolutely runs in cycles. Uh, I think the cycles tie somewhat, at least loosely, to population growth. Uh, I, uh, 2024... I think 2024 could be an interesting year. Uh, do I think it's because of an 18-year real estate cycle? No. Uh, I think that's just too easy to track. But I I would say 2024 is the year I'm looking at for, hmm, things could get interesting. Uh, but I'm not calling that because of 18 years. I'm calling that because of just the, the setup and prices, value, interest rates, all of that. But yeah. If I had to pick a year that I'm concerned about, it would be 2024. I think uh, I think you're on to something with that year, Sean. Hey, Lewis, how are you? Same thought. Oh, 18.6 year cycle. Next crash, 2025. Where are you guys finding these cycles? Uh, I will say, again, I've been doing this 20 some odd years, uh, that investors, you know, I used to say, Real estate's a 12 or 14 year cycle. Investors have 10 year memories. This is the same idea, whether you pick 12 or 18 or whatever it is. I don't think anything is that neat. I don't think anything is that neat. And again, I put out an interesting chart on Instagram yesterday that you guys should look at. It basically highlights where the largest population is by age bracket. And right now, if you don't know, millennials are the largest group and their average age, I think is 33. And 33 is an important number for real estate. It's an important number because as of right now, 33 is the average age of first-time buyers. And we wonder why there's no homes available. Crazy stuff. Good morning. How you doing? Give yourself a raise. I like that name. Hey, Lewis. Thanks for answering my question last week. Super helpful. Contractless seller. Thanks. Awesome. Good luck. Kathy Fields, any advice regarding 1031 exchange in this market? It seems everything is overpriced. Yeah, man. The So I've used 1031s. They're amazing things, but uh, they're hard to do today. Um, yeah, the only thing you could do is if you really wanted to 1031 is you'd have to probably find an off-market seller and let them know what you're thinking because the sale of your assets, not the hard part, it's the buy. So you would, you would probably need to get an off-market deal. Otherwise, Deals go away. And let's be clear, Kathy, I would rather pay taxes than do a bad deal. That's for sure. I would rather, especially today, right? Pay taxes at 20% versus, you know, 49 or whatever they're going to be in the future. Yeah, 1031s are tough today because of the time constraints. Um, I would do leg, you know, heavy lifting on trying to find off market 
communicate with the seller what you're doing and see if that would work. Uh, Dan, you can trade. Look at that. People making deals right here. That's fun. If you had to bet, do you guess me? Kevin gets over under 10,000 votes as governor. He'll get over 10,000. No question. I mean, his audience, what's his average audience, you think? 18 to 30? All 18-year-olds could vote. Yeah, easily get 10,000. In fact, it would shock me if he didn't get 100,000. I mean, he's got 1.8 million followers on YouTube and whatever it is. Yeah, easily. Uh, seller question. Seller in foreclosure. Okay, 69 days on market. All right. Listing agent won't pass down my verbal or written offer. Is it a crime to skip trace and talk to seller? Uh, a couple of things. I don't know if it, I, I, I don't want to use the word crime because I don't know the, all the laws out there. Um, I think so. He's so he's got it with an agent. So there's a listing agreement. Um, so if you are an agent, which I don't know, Lewis, if you are or aren't, you have some rules and regulations with your license that make that a no, no. If you have a license, I have no idea. Um, you could certainly, um, skip trace them, but why not mail them a letter or send them what I would do here. What I've done in the past is if there was an owner I wanted to get to, I send them a next day FedEx package. It costs more money, but I would do a FedEx package requiring signature. Not everybody, everybody throws away junk mail, but you send somebody a FedEx package for 20 bucks. They're going to open that thing. That's what I've done. If there's some some property I want, I know who, where the seller lives, and the age and the agent's not doing their thing, and I don't have a license. I would say, hey, they're gonna we're gonna send them a FedEx envelope because FedEx envelopes get opened. That's what I would do. But again, if you're an agent, Lewis, which it doesn't say, you may have. Um, uh, rules with your license that make that a no-no because there sounds like there's a listing agreement out there and then the listing yeah you you know if you're an agent you know what you, you know what that means real career young money oh interesting is there any 20 percent down conventional financing left for non-owner occupied loans my again um my experience is no it's all 25 percent uh but again if you're in california you can reach out to matt the mortgage guy if you're across the country, I have a lender on, non-QM lender on, um, Steve uh, Dow, uh, ask him. I haven't seen one, but again, I don't look all the time. So, yeah. Hello, Sue. Question. The expenses incurred to renovate a house before listing it in the market for sale, is that tax deductible or write-off? Well, again, are we talking about owner-occupied? Are we looking at uh, investment homes? Investment homes, absolutely. Uh, if it is your owner-house, um, talk to your accountant. If it's renovations, that would go on your cost basis for the most part. Um, yeah, if it's your owner-occupied house, you have to be a little more careful. Uh, talk to an accountant, but if it's an investment, absolutely. And again, if it's renovation, even if it's your owner occupied house, that will raise the cost basis. Hey, I spent $10,000 on new paint and carpet that goes on as a cost basis of your owner occupied house. D 
Dion, smash that like button. Yes, I always forget to say that. Better home rental. Does your lease say that your tenants are responsible for minor repairs up to $50 or $100 and responsible for the first $100 of each repair? Do you think it would be a good idea? Thank you. Uh, I do not believe that's in any of my agreements. I, uh, I would never do that, frankly, because little problems become big problems. No, I would not do that. Uh, no. I don't believe that's in any of my leases. And if it is, I would get it, get rid of it. I would much rather take care of a $50 headache than a $500 headache. And if you tell tenants they're responsible for $50 headaches, it will become a $500 headache. I would never do that. All right. I think I've got to all the questions. I will try to buy you some time, see if any more come in. I'm scrolling up to see if I missed anybody. You all have been great. 79 people watching with 14 thumbs up. As Dion says, smash the like button. All right. I don't see any more questions. Going once, going twice. All right. Everybody have a great day. I wore my happy shirt for you. So have a great weekend. Remember tomorrow's Mother's Day. And if you're one of my students, I will see you in 26 minutes in our private Facebook group. Bye-bye.